You're listening to the Just Giants Podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the football Grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. It's going, Grump. As you can see by my dark features, I am enjoying my vacation on the beach. Uh, it's been a lovely week down here. I know I, It sounds like there's nice weather up in New York also, but uh, you can't beat 80 degrees in sunshine in Florida. <laughs> Well, there's some. There's been some great weather this week. Uh, if you if you stay inside and watch film all day, you're as as pasty white as I'm. And of course, you said that as I came from the gym, so I'm in a tank top. So and wearing black. So I'm, this is as white as I've ever looked. I think. And, and, and it's embarrassing. You guys, as you guys watch this show every week, uh, I can't see him. No, I yeah, have, that's the thing. He, I, I can no, see him. He can't see me. <laughs> I have no idea what he looks like. I don't watch these shows after because I can't stand the sound of my voice. And I'm sure I say stupid things, so I don't need to relive it. But uh, so I have no idea what he looks like when he's doing this. He could be, he could be naked for all I know. He could have a giant NY tattoo on his chest. I could. Uh, he, he's probably wearing one of those tank tops. Which, yeah, yeah. Well, which is funny because <laughs> that that's that's been my my. University of Florida nip- nickname, I guess the branded nickname. Oh, sleeves. Oh, is it sleeves? Yeah, because you don't wear them. Okay, <laughs> it's too hot out. You guys live in 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 a swamp. Like the air is a swamp in Florida. Literally. Yeah. yeah. So. Um. Yeah. No. This is an embarrassment. This is as white as I've ever looked. This is this is gross. Anyway. Nice and. Tan. Yeah. You look. You look. You got all the features. Yeah, the no. white on my beard is showing through. I'm Pretty over good, here. Man. I'm looking like snacks over here. Um, well, <laughs> uh, well this Good Friday, I give this to both of you. Yeah, there you go. Thank you, Nomi Patrick. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, we're back at it with more draft stuff. We're we're hitting the easy stuff now. Running backs. Uh, this is kind of more of a fun thing, you know. I guess it's possible, right? You know, we're, we're kind of looking at this. The Giants have so many needs. They've kind of attacked the running back position uh, with budget-free agents and stuff, right? Um, they, and they currently have, you know, an all-talent guy on the roster for a fully guaranteed salary. So there's no way they can really get rid of him without trading him, which requires a partner. Um, so they're 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 kind of set at this position to not touch it at all this year. So well, let, let's. Before Would you, we talk about the elephant in the room, yeah. you know, the, all the other running backs besides Barkley, as you say, are you – would you be confident with just this rotation right now before the draft or even if we pick up somebody on cut down day? Is this rotation acceptable for you or <laughs> would we have to do some work? It's acceptable for this year in my opinion. The running back position is one of those spots where – it is so contingent on the talent around you where it, mm-hmm. it's it's you know the skill position players are the things where you can see traits here and there in film but if they play on shitty teams like okay i don't want to bring up too much of the elephant in the room here but but saquon barkley is a pro bowler on like 25 nfl rosters right mm-hmm. and, and when, he, when healthy 
when when it, well, but that's the thing is 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 he nearly as hurt when he's not trying to do everything himself? And I'm not taking the blame off of Barkley for his own faults. I mean, he's got his pass blocking faults. He doesn't run into contact sometimes. He tries to do too much. But, but in general, does does he get hurt so? I mean, he wasn't really hurt at Penn State the whole time he was there. I don't know. I don't think. He, I mean, I don't think we use him as a guy like who ran 35 times a game and was on almost every snap. I think. I think some of these injuries are just kind of well, yeah. course of doing business. Some of them, well, especially the one last year where he just kind of backed onto somebody's foot and, yeah, that's, and that's twisted his ankle. That, that, I mean, that's I've done that. Um, yeah. But you know, in general, I guess my point is is that Saquon Barkley is a Pro Bowler on twenty five NFL rosters, but he's on one of the you know seven that are so bad that he's just not. He doesn't look very good, right? Well, I don't know. I mean, we okay. haven't really seen we haven't really seen healthy Barkley in what three years? Three now? Years. So it, that's kind of unfair to say. I mean, I don't if we, Barkley coming off the uh, the ACL last year, I don't think looks like a Pro Bowler to anybody. Well, no okay, what, yeah, yeah. What the fair. offensive line is. So let's see. He's now been you know we're coming a year removed from the from the surgery, more than a year removed, a full off season of off season workouts and conditioning and you know getting back into fighting shape i mean right now would be the test to see what what he really is yeah i think you're right um but i mean when you look at this stable of running backs here you have you have a three down back in saquon barkley that has uh some elite traits there you know so you have you have a legit skill position player there and then you've got some You've got an experienced back and Matt Breda behind him that they signed uh, to a one-year deal for a million dollars, roughly. Uh, and then behind that, they have a promising young talent that they liked up in Buffalo with uh, Antonio Williams. And they have last year's sixth-round draft pick, Gary Brightwell. Sixth six round. Yeah. Uh, Gary Brightwell, who's kind of a special teamer. You know, his his reps on offense look very rudimentary. Uh Take him or leave him, but they, but they have a stable here where you have an experienced backup who's got talent. You've got a promising young talent in Williams, and you've got the Pro Bowl talent. You know, air Pro Bowl talent first round. I mean, I think they're okay for this year. Do you feel Breda is an upgrade over Devontae Booker? I think it's close. I think he's probably a little faster. I think it's close and negligible, but. You know, I, I also didn't think that Booker played badly last year. If, if he were retained to for the exact same role, I would have been okay. How about you? What was uh, what was Brady signed for? What was his money? Uh, one point one million. Okay, so you're saving about a million dollars going down from Booker mm-hmm. to him. So, you know, again, all things equal is one thing, but what's real life? You know, that one million dollars probably offsets. I mean. Well, let's be serious here. The, the the Giants should be starting to lift up the couch cushions for money at this yeah, point, right? So, I mean, saving a million bucks, that ain't that ain't nothing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, in normal years, saving a million dollars is kind of like, ah, did you need to get rid of talent to save a million bucks? This year, I mean, they're trying to save hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, and, and let's face it. If either Barkley gets hurt again or they do trade Barkley – they are pretty much waving the white flag for this year, in which we have said countless times That's we're okay. okay with. We are okay with. So does it really matter who that extra running back is going to be at, at that point? You know, it's going to be the season's kind of going to be shot as it is if if he's if they get rid of him or if he's out for a you know indefinite amount of time. 
Well, so I guess it's really picking nits a little bit about, you know, what is Brady going to give you as opposed to Booker or, you know, as long as we have somebody that we have some sort of running game. And I think with, with Brady, we have something. So we'll, yeah. what, if, what percentage would you say the running game do you, do you credit to if you had to pick? Between, I guess the three main contributors to a running game are the running back itself, the offensive line, and the scheme, right? Mm-hmm. How much would you credit to the running back? 20%? I was going to say about 30. I think yeah. the off- I'd say the offensive line is the biggest reason. Overwhelmingly, then it's the running back. Then I think the scheme falls third. I think if you have a good running back and a good offensive line, doesn't matter what scheme they're in. Yeah, you're I agree. Season. Well, and also there's a fourth component to that too. How good's your passing game? How well, that's true. Game? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, if you can't throw the ball a lick and you can't do anything downfield or anything and you're relying on that running back, it's going to be virtually impossible you're going to have the you know safeties and linebackers creeping up and it's going to make it virtually impossible to run if they're expecting it so i would say that's even more important than scheme yeah so 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 trading barkley and waving the white flag on this year i'm okay with on the condition that we're doing the right thing here like uh, what am i trying to say i guess if the investment is heavy on the offensive line and it hasn't been so far. I mean, I know they went out and they got a center guy. They got this right guard who's going to probably start, and they got this right tackle. But the center, Feliciano is, you know, he's a fringe starter to begin with. Matt Gono is not a starter at all at right tackle. That's a problem if he's starting. Um, yeah, but-, but Matt Glowinski is, is a legitimate starter at right guard. But if they supplement that in the draft with a legit right tackle, with a legit center or a legit left guard or something like that, you just get two legit players right there. I don't even give a shit if they if they get rid of Barkley at all because you know I, I think Breda would be able to give you a serviceable running game anyway with an improved offensive line. Well, let's start. Let's kind of start from the very beginning with Barkley. You know, do we think that Saquon Barkley is a part of the long term plan for this team? No, I don't. No. So if you think he's not part of the long term plan, I think in your mind you move him. I mean, I, I well, if you can, you know. Of course, and, and you know I'm not talking. I'm not, I'm not saying cut him, but I think you know we are we are not going to be in position to utilize him to the fullest extent for at least until next year, at least. And then it's going to be after decision time of how do you resign him and how much you would be willing to pay him for him. Uh, you know, I don't think he's part of the long term plan. I just don't think the timing works out. Unfortunately, I don't think. This offensive line, and especially if next year we move on from Daniel Jones, hmm. you know, and whether it be we draft a rookie, a raw rookie coming in, or we have a staff got like a Kurt Warner type who's just kind of buying time for this rookie quarterback to play, that's another year wasted for Barkley. Now we're talking about what, his sixth year, seventh year? Yeah. From, from a guy who's had multiple injuries, one a very significant one. I mean, the threat on the tires is starting to go pretty bare. Yeah, that's the thing. Is that the only way I can see them resigning him in any capacity is if he's injured again? And at that point, well, I mean, in terms what of what I want him for, then he's injured again. Exactly. I mean, I mean, like in terms of what they would be able to afford, and you know, he's going to command too much money just because he is that name. So right. even if he has a poor year this year because the team isn't very good, well, let's, stop, let's stop right there. Does he still have that name, that cachet around the league? I mean, I. Nobody's, you know, he's not going to sell tickets, you know, I don't think if he goes to Jacksonville, for example. It's not like bringing in Brady. Well, I I think 
and I've, I've mentioned this before as a possible landing spot for him mid-year, but you know, next year might be one of those teams that feels like they're a contender. They might spend the extra million to go get him because they think they can get something out of him. The same way like Tampa Bay would would, would go out and get um, Fournette. Fournette, yeah. I mean, Fournette's playing in Jacksonville where people go to die. And, and and Fournette looked like a loser there, right? I mean, that team is terrible. It's it's terribly built. It's not consistent. Uh, the coaching run, is yeah. bad. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a total mess. And, and he goes to Tampa. He literally drives two hours across the state to the other city, and he's a star, and they win a Super Bowl. Yeah, well, a lot of a talent around him. And, but they made, exactly. the same, they made the same mistake we did. What was he drafted? Sixth, Fournette. Some, yeah, Fifth, yeah. You know what though? Same mistake we did, but I was a lot higher on Barkley than Fournette myself. See, I love. I I don't, I did not love him. I hated him. He went to LSU. He killed us. But he was one of the few guys I saw. Like, and again, I've been kind of more wrong than right with running backs. Where I'm like, this guy is going to be a future Hall of Famer. And I was dead wrong about Trent Richardson. No, oh, so was I. I. <laughs> I thought I was going to be. I thought I ended up being dead wrong about Leonard Fournette because that guy looked like a man in college and I'm like this guy's gonna be a total badass and it just it took a little while to click it's obviously when you have the right offensive line you have Tom Brady you have all these things around you it makes you better as well well I'll say that he looked like a man in college until his last year there then he looked like a wimp well, that's he, why I was lower well, he acted, on him he acted like a wimp he he had senioritis he did not you know he he did everything he can as a guy who knew he was gonna be a high draft pick and just wanted to get through that senior year uh, he did get hurt in it he missed the Florida game I believe his senior year uh, he, he didn't play in the bowl game he was one of the first guys in the modern you know last couple of years who like I'm not playing in the bowl game I'm preparing right. for the for the combine so he kind of gave the perception of a guy that didn't really care but you know he's in their but even in the games he played that year he looked like shit he, he just like a, yeah. he like a guy didn't want to get hurt. He played yep. like a guy. A hundred percent. And that's uh, so, um, so I mean that knocked him down my list a little bit just because of effort. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, Let me ask you something though. Going back to Barkley though, if we are really trying to evaluate Daniel Jones this year, does trading Barkley midseason hurt that? I don't think it's it, a I, I mean, technically, yeah, but but I don't think it hurts it in the same way. Not addressing the offensive line hurts it. You know, continuing to run uh, an offense that doesn't well, allow right. Daniel Jones to throw deep balls. But I mean, yeah, it, it affects it. I mean, it's talent, right? I mean, Saquon yeah. Barkley is talent. He's the only guy you could really see this middle of this season that would be like a salary dump of getting rid of guys. Like we're not getting rid of any offensive linemen. You know, we're not getting rid of any wide receivers in the middle of the season to save money. He's really the only guy that's kind of the question mark. And, um, you know... I, I it would have to be by trade only. Yeah, and again, that, it kind of goes back to my question about are you confident in that the, the rotation of the other three guys that we have, that if Barkley does go away, that we can have some sort of a running game. Well, and, I mean, that brings me right back to the white flag argument. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with waving the white flag on this year, knowing that you're doing the right but, things to punt correctly, which means if they invested heavily on the offensive line, I know that Breda will give me enough. Antonio Williams will give me enough this year, and next year we can adequately readdress the secondary but, concern of running but my back. Question, my, my question back to you is, is adequately enough to get by, but is it adequately enough to make your a data point that can help the Daniel Jones question that has to be answered? I think so because I think they're serviceable running backs. And don't forget that Daniel Jones is a runner himself. So that RPO, that zone read game, I mean, 
as long as they're good enough to run that, I mean, it, it helps Daniel Jones. And and again, probably helps Sa- Saquon Barkley too, or whatever running back we have. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I th- I I think I think the RPO works in everybody's favor. Um, I think it covers up a lot of deficiencies. But at the end of the day, the biggest the biggest thing that's going to help this this team is the offensive line, uh, which is what we're really getting to next week. Um, and that that's that's the the meat and potatoes of it all. But you know, like we said, like offensive line overwhelmingly um, is the indicator of what a running back's impact is going to be, uh, and and of course quarterback as well. So yeah, all this stuff kind of affects the evaluation of Daniel Jones. But if they're really serious about evaluating DJ this year, then they're dumping their investment in the offensive line because that's really what's going to show them. Barkley. Williams, Breda, these guys all affect that, but it, it, I'm I'm not sure. That, what do you, what do you think is the percentage chance that there's a buyer for Barkley and his contract before the season starts? Before the season starts, very low. Okay. What I, about I, let's let's say mid season? Yeah, I, I think the entire league is just waiting for us to have the fire sale. I think they I, I think they want to see what he does during the season. I think they want to make sure that he's healthy mm-hmm. and he can be an effective runner being healthy. I don't think it – first of all, I just don't think based on the offensive line and the offense and all of these things that Barkley's going to have an Eric Dickerson type of year where all of a sudden he's running for 180 yards every single game. I think he'll be effective. I don't think he'll be great. So I don't think his market value is going to skyrocket from before the season to before the trade deadline. So so assuming that we're like, I don't know, three and five, four and five, something like that. He looks okay. He's churning out about three yeah. and a half yards per carry, four yards per carry, something close to that. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I think the re- I think the record's irrelevant. I well, I mean, I mean, yeah. the record is relevant only in so far that you know it's it's possible the Giants are willing to move on from a guy who is producing. You know, it's like, uh, is this season really worth it for you guys? Do you want this contract? We'll take this guy off your hands. We'll trade you this. You know what I mean? Like. If, if we were, let's just say, five and three and actually doing things in the division, I'm a little bit less likely to – not the fat chance, but that's not really well, the point. But, I mean, I'm less than – I'm less willing to move on from Barkley at that point because he's off the books next year anyway. So if I'm getting rid of him, you know. That, that's the million-dollar question is are we going to stick to a plan and if we're five and three, is it fool's gold or is this like, you know we, – we, we look at this roster. We see it right now. This team is five and three. Is a much better chance that's a smoke and mirrors five and three than this team is legitimately a five and three team. Yeah, and and getting rid of him, yeah, sure, it clears up seven million dollars for this year, but that's that's at that at that point mid season is kind of well, it's not seven million anymore, right? Isn't it kind of like prorated based on the year? Like, I don't think so. I think his contract for the it's part of the option, so he gets it's a fully guaranteed amount that's pre calculated. Okay. Uh, maybe funny. maybe it is less. I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it's prorated per game. So like, but the cap saving, we have no cap savings even getting rid of him. It's not a question like we're not cutting him because there's no cap savings. It's a question of what correct turn. Yeah. So so you'd be trading him. So essentially, you'd be getting assets. You know, um, is really what you're getting. It's not about the cap savings. The cap savings would be enough for you know maybe some injury relief signings and stuff like that. But I almost again because we both agree that he's not part of the future. Right. Right. I almost want him to kick ass for those the games where we're five and three. I want him to. Hell yeah, that's what I'm saying. I get rid of him. I want to have 250 yards every game. I want him to have you know highlight films. I want him to all of a sudden flex us into Sunday night every week to show this guy all these things. 
and I still want to get rid of him. And then, yeah, and then trade him. <laughs> now, I mean, everybody's going to be super pissed off, but you know something? It's about the future. It's about what can we do? How do we build this team the right way for sustainable success going forward? You know, it might suck for this year. You know, if we're a, if we're a five and three, but it's like how it was in 2020, it's like, okay, we're a playoff. We're in the playoffs, not a playoff team. And we don't want to be that. We want to build for, we need, if we're five and three, it does not change the fact that this offensive line seems a lot of work. We still need help in the secondary. We need all these things. We have a quarterback discussion. All of these things are not going to change. Right. So the needs of the team are irrelevant to the record. The needs of the team are the needs of this team. If they're five and three, that's just dumb luck. Or, yeah. or, or, and, or maybe, you know, just that's just the, the, the effect as, of a better scheme. Base, and as a fan base, be smarter and be better. You know, think of what the big picture is. Because, again, if they make this trade and we are having any hint of success, people are going to go be outraged about yeah. it. Like, what is – same old Giants or what are they doing or, you know, and, and it's, you know, again, we're mo- – most, most, most likely not going to resign Saquon Barkley going forward. We, you know, again, the age, the, the, the tread on the tires, all these different things. I mean, we have a lot of needs we're going to have to, you know, it, the Daniel Jones question. You know, if we decide we're going to resign Daniel Jones, that's going to cost a pretty penny. That's I would actually question. argue that resigning Barkley would be closer to same old Giants than letting him walk. That's interesting. I mean, it, we, I can't think off the top of my head of signing I mean that's not that's not I'm not comparing that to Leonard Williams by any stretch no no neither am I I I think it's more just like I guess it's not even historically with the Giants it's just been the last few years it's almost like I don't know getting getting the name back I don't know I wouldn't say selling jerseys but kind of selling jerseys no I mean again Selling jerseys, you're getting you're getting one thirty second of that money, so that's no big deal. The tickets have been sold out for a thousand years. That's no, I, I just mean like a palpable face of the organization needing to be there. You know what I mean? Again, I said this back when we did the the, the first show in the off season. You know what the face of my franchise is? The trophies. What, one of those Vince Lombardi trophies. That's the face of my franchise. You I know? agree. And I'm not worried. I'm. You know, I don't care that my third cousin once removed is going to watch a giant game because there's Saquon Barkley. I mean, Saquon Barkley is not Michael Jordan. He's not LeBron James. Nope. He's not these guys. You know, and, and you know, it's I say that, but you know something? When the Giants are on the first Monday night game this year and they're on three times on primetime, we're like, why is this crappy team on? It's going to be because of Saquon Barkley. Which I would say the so, rest yeah. of the, which the rest of the league is going to laugh at, and all the other fan bases are. But you know the Giants are a draw, a TV draw, because they're the Giants. Like it or not, NFL they draw. They they are one of probably five or six teams that no matter how good or bad they are, you know they bring fans to visiting stadiums. They get ratings on TV, and you know when it's interdivision, when it's Giants, Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, Giants, Commandos. Commanders. <laughs> I mean, you're going to raise the need a little bit. I mean, granted, those probably, you know, might be the Thursday night game that they're on, but they draw. And it's not because of Barkley. So I, you know, it's, and also, is Barkley really the, is he really a qualified face of the franchise for how much? He's, he's not, but he's the TV face of the team. 
When the NBC stupid breaks with all their dumbass graphics that they throw in your face instead of actually broadcasting the game, it's always this big thing of Barkley and, you know, of course, the quarterback. It, it, it's it's Barkley, 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 Barkley. You know what I mean? And not, I, I don't really have a problem with that. It's just... It should make it should make nothing for different for decision making with this franchise. Exactly. Nothing. So yeah, exactly. And as um, a fan, you should feel the same way as well. I mean, we all like him. He seems like a nice guy. You know, he, he comes back from an injury. You know, we're all glad for that. But I mean, we're not talking about Frank Gifford here, guys. This isn't this isn't Phil Sims. This isn't LT. This isn't Michael Strahan. This isn't guys that are you know. They're not. He's not in that level of face of franchise thing and. What do you rather have, a guy like him playing for the next seven years with a mediocre team, or do you want to be a relevant team? Do you want games after Thanksgiving to matter? Do you want to have your Januarys booked by going to the Meadowlands as opposed to, you know, talking about the draft in November like we've been doing? So, I just think we still have to play the long game on this and just have to cut our cut our losses is not the right word, but just move on. Yeah. Um, all right, so moving on then. Move, let's move on from the Barkley conversation. Let's move on from, you know, the the, the future of this team. We, we both agree Barkley's probably not it. Breda's not even signed. So you have this promising young guy in Antonio Williams who may still be the promising young guy at the end of the year. He may be something more. He may be something less. Gary Brightwell also probably not going to be much of anything, may not even be here. So the running back position is kind of a problem for tomorrow Giants and not today Giants. That said, there's nothing wrong with taking one this year, especially in the later rounds. Um, running backs, Ahmad Bradshaw is a seventh round draft pick. You know, there are ways to obtain running backs super late and make them serviceable. You know, we we said that the, the offensive line is overwhelmingly more impactful to a running back's game than the running back himself. It's a position that, you know, people overspend, they overdraft, they overspend for, and then when it, like cut down day, they're available. Yeah. You know, and and I just think I, I certainly think this is a position that, you know, needs to be addressed but it can be done on a later date. That's not something that everything has to it has to be one of the first pillar that you do now that build around everything else. To me it's just you put the infrastructure in place around it and then you go get your running back. Yeah. So and then and that's what the Giants screwed up. You know, Dave Gettleman said that he wanted to get the hog mollies, and he he said you got to be able to run the ball, and he he flip flopped the order. You know, he he got the running back first, and and I, I guess he never really got the hog mollies. He tried, he he failed a little bit there, but he 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 signed yeah. guys. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's I agree with you. Like the running back position is way too reliant on other things to be effective. Same thing with quarterback. So if you need to upgrade those positions, you should be upgrading your line first, and then upgrading whatever. And, 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 and obtaining one should not jump frog or leapfrog other positions of greater need. So yeah. Um, so that said, it's totally possible. You know, as we get into the later rounds of the draft, you know, in the sixth, seventh round, you can get a guy who plays special teams may not break the lineup, or you might be able to get a starting running back in there. So I have no problem with the Giants drafting a running back this year under the right circumstances, the right talent, etc. Um, so it is possible. I could see it happening. Uh, I think it's probably more likely to be a UDFA this year and then a priority next year, you know, when there's no running backs under contract. But it's worth talking about because, you know, I, I guess in Buffalo, they kind of had some track record of going after the mid-round guys in, in that third, fourth, fifth range. Um, so, and, and 
I could see that when we have two third round picks, that would be unwise in my opinion. But as we get into the fourth and fifth rounds, you know, I could I could be swayed into the right guy. Um, that said, Did, well, let me before you move forward. Yep. If we if we do draft one in the fourth or fifth round, let's say, is that kind of a signal to you that they are definitely making the move for Barkley? No. I think I think that that is on the table regardless. I think if they if I think I hope if they get a guy in that 4th 5th round it's because they view him as legitimate talent that's probably worth more than that and he's sitting there at best player available you know, okay. at that point. If we're going that high, you know, once we get down like I said 5th 6th round it becomes positional value because it's like sure I I need linebackers but in the sixth round, is this linebacker even going to play for us? You know, is he going to be a practice squad guy? Am I am I buying ceiling or can I get a starter? You know, right. so I would be okay with that. Um, so, I, I mean, like I said at the beginning, this is probably a tomorrow Giants problem. This is probably going to be a 2023 issue, not a 2022 issue. But I also think that a smart GM knows what he's getting when he's getting it. Uh, so it's totally possible for this year. One more, one more question for you. Um, do you think the likelihood of drafting a running back increases if we trade down one of the the, the topics and get more picks? Absolutely. You know, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's a it's a BPA position. Um, so once you start getting those more picks, you can start thinking more BPA and less filling needs. Uh, and always, 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 always Jimmy's and Joe's before X's and O's. Remember what you're doing here. I mean, mm-hmm. if you need an edge rusher, getting one in the fifth round is useless. I mean, the odds of that edge rusher being anything or a left tackle being anything in the fifth round are so astronomical. And, you and, might as well get a starter at a different position. And one example of it working is an exception, not a rule. So Correct. It's, yes. it's not saying it could never happen, but do you, do you want with this roster right now what we're trying to do, you want to roll the dice that that's going to happen? Not me. Yeah. I want – we need as many sure things as we can in this draft, next draft, next draft after. All right, so let's go to the sure things. These are the ones that I don't think the Giants have any shot at, and um, they are the best ones in this draft. Now, remember remember when I assign grades to these, that's based on talent, not where I would draft them. So when I say Brees Hall from Iowa State is second-round talent, I mean that that's where his talent belongs. That's probably not a smart draft decision. So if you are sitting in the th- late third round and you see Brees Hall is still sitting there, that is good value. Um, so that's that's really what I'm saying here. So d- just because I say that doesn't mean that's where I would take him. That's, that's where he probably belongs talent-wise. All things have to be considered here also, the, the, the structure of your roster um, and so on. Um, Brees Hall, Iowa State. Wow. I thought James Cook was wow. – I mean, I, I I knew that this wasn't going to be like a massive need for the Giants this year. Uh, but I thought James Cook was going to be the number one guy for me. But Brees Hall really looks good. Um, if it weren't for the fact that he doesn't contribute all that much in the passing game, I would say he'd be closer to first-round talent. Um you know, he just he just runs the basic running back routes. I think that his pass blocking is is just okay. Um, he keeps his head on a swivel. He identifies the rushers pretty well. He squares up, but he, he's just not that aggressive. You know, he's not as good as I would like him to be for you know what I would consider first round talent, but good enough for you know to be a three down back. That's second round talent in my opinion. And he's got four three nine straight ahead speed. That's serious juice. Although the yeah. forty times this year. I have to be such bullshit. I, I, I so many guys are sub four four. It's it's like unbelievable. 
Um, <laughs> Let me ask you, do you think guys are training more and more for like their 40s and more for the the things they're testing on in the combine and the pro days than they were in the past so their numbers might be you know better than they were just because they're training specifically for it uh, yes but also i think there was some issue with the i think like all the times are unofficial this year or something there was something with the com- i don't know i don't watch the combine because i don't really care i just kind of look up the clips but i think there was something where like all the 40 times are unofficial and they're all really fast too uh, I could be totally wrong about that, though. So, gotcha. but to, to answer your question, I think yes. Um, that said, moving into that like second, third round range, um, I really liked Kenneth Walker from Michigan State more than I liked James Cook. Also, uh, I, this dude, I, I watched zero Michigan State games this like year. I guess like live, so. You know, I watched some stuff there, but but again, four three eight speed. He's got that five ten, two hundred pounds, two hundred ten pounds frame. Um, pretty close to what I would consider an ideal NFL body type for the position. Uh, and, and I think he has a really good ability to run through tacklers and rip his body away from reaching arms. He's just got that aggressive twist to his body. He really knows how to break tackles. It's just like a trait that running backs need to have, especially behind the line of scrimmage. Um, also, he's he's got that behind-the-line-of-scrimmage aspect to his game down really, really well. Nice, patient feet, good vision to identify the hole, and excellent burst to hit the hole at full speed and before it closes. Um, and he likes to lower his shoulder and essentially end lives. Uh, I really like Kenneth Walker III. It's a shame that this team can't replace Barkley with a talent like his because... God damn, I, I I do love a good running back, and I hate to I hate to say all this stuff about how running backs don't matter because I wish they did. But why don't you tell me a little about James Cook from Georgia since you got to see him pound everyone into the dirt for a couple of years? <laughs> I saw him in person twice uh, at Florida Georgia games. Um, he's what a cousin of Dalvin Cook? I think so. So can you imagine that a cousin of went to Florida State and he went to Georgia? So you can tell you. <laughs> My love of the guy is, you know, no, I mean, just part of a Georgia is a very, a very base offense. Georgia is always going to win in the SEC and be on the national, you know, landscape because of their defense and have a, an offense that just won't screw things up. Um, he's been in a rotation of, of, of very quality running backs for the last couple of years. Um, he's got the speed, uh, shifty, um, just, you know, took our defensive line which we had talked about in earlier episodes and uh you know kind of cut through them a little bit so yeah i think he's uh i don't know again i'm not the draft uh evaluator like you are but it looks to me like he can have a nice little nfl career i might i might like him more than dalvin cook if i'm being totally honest here um he's got 442 speed it's he's so fast through the hole and i think he's Mm -hmm. got great speed in in i mean he's 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 a home run hitter well, yeah, yeah, a lot of this thing goes. Yeah, I, I think I think Dalvin Cook is probably a little faster, but I don't think James Cook has the the ball security issues that he does, uh, or at least I'm not seeing it. And not for nothing, this dude actually is useful in the passing game. I think he does impact the passing game pretty well. He's a solid hands catcher. I think he catches in stride pretty well. I think he runs some pretty crisp routes. I mean, a lot of these running backs, they just they run as fast as they can to the spot. That's their remember, route. But he's got a lot of shimmy and cut to him. Yeah, and remember with Georgia's offense, like I said, they're 
trying to make mistakes. They had a quarterback that was pretty limited yeah. in ability in Stetson Bennett. So it's not like you're expecting the, you know, the deep bomb or just the, the, the deep outslot. They were relying heavy on that running game. So you had, like we said before, linebackers and safeties kind of creeping. Oh, up yeah. Stop I mean, that's what we did in the first half against them. And, you know, up until we had two bad turnovers in the final two minutes, that was like a 7-3 game because we were doing just that. We were daring them to run the ball. Uh, but then again, this, their talent took over. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something to think about with him as well. Yeah, I, w- I would say his big knock for me is going to be his pass blocking. Uh, not a whole lot of that at Georgia, like we said. Um, not a lot of him being in one-on-one situations blocking. I think he dips his head a little too much. Um, you know, but, he, but he's okay. He's okay. You know, he, he can he can identify the blitzers and, and do things with there. Um, all right, let's let's slide. Past round three, where I have Zamir White, the other Georgia guy. Um, I do not understand some people who have him ranked higher than James Cook. I don't know where that comes from. I, I, I thought he was better. Yeah, I, I mean, the I just the eye test of seeing them both in person. I, I could be wrong. I I have them graded fairly closely. Uh, I just yeah, you know, I didn't I didn't see it that way. But let's go into round four, and this is uh, a guy. I initially didn't think I was going to like as much as I ended up liking him, and to me was one of the stars of the Senior Bowl, and that's Damian Pierce from Florida. Damian Pierce, um, you know, before you you go nuts, uh, I will say in a lot of ways does not appear to be, you know, just from a quick eye test, if I were to give you a a stat sheet or something like that, doesn't look like he's going to be anything serious. You know, 4, 5, 9, 40 time, 5, 10, 2, 15 is pretty good for, for height, weight. You know, whatever, but he doesn't have like crazy stats. So why don't you tell me what about Damian Pierce? You know, go ahead. Well, well, first of all, from the stat standpoint, we're talking about game stats. Mm-hmm. He might be the most misused player at the University of Florida in the last twenty years. Um, we have a pre a pretty stacked running back room last year. Damian Pierce, Malik Davis, you know, a bunch of guys. We had a couple of five stars and even see the field. Um, Again, you've everybody's heard me. They're probably sick to death of hearing me complain about Dan Mullins, the quarterback. He just never used him enough. I mean, the guy only had 100 carries last year. That's, you know, not even 10 carries a game. Uh, still ran at 5.7 yards per attempt. And he had 13 rushing touchdowns. Mm. I mean, think about that. That's someone that around the goal line knows how to score. And you're talking about a team that was severely challenged in the red zone. Severely challenged getting to the red zone. Uh, but he was a guy that for three yards will bull his way through. And we're talking about, you know, against teams like Georgia, he, he scored. And so I think he is a one of the biggest hidden gems in, in this whole entire draft because he was underutilized. And he doesn't have, a, again, a lot of threat. We talked about Saquon Barkley with uh, um, tread on the tires, not a lot left. He's got a ton, again, because being in that very crowded backfield – this rotation that they use, this ridiculous, stupid rotation, he's pretty spry and, and, and pretty fresh. Also um, also can catch the ball, too. He had, I think, about 40, 45 um, career catches also. Yeah. Um, I, I, I am sad that I, that I don't think it's feasible for the Giants to draft Damian Pierce. I, I really, really like him. Um I really like a lot of what he does. Behind the line of scrimmage, he shows really good patience. He has pretty good vision to identify cutback lanes, and you can tell 
everybody for the next 45 minutes how bad Florida's offensive line he was that he was playing behind. For multiple years, how bad. Oh, uh, yeah. let, me put this, let me put it this way. I, you know, I spend probably way too much time talking about Florida for all you Giant fans. Probably could care less. But for all the guys that I've spotlighted, you know, whether it was you know, any of the defensive backs or the defensive linemen, this is the one guy I think has the most potential in the NFL to be not only a rotational running back, but a guy who could turn out to be a breakout star. More than Elam, you think? Yes. Uh, interesting. So I, I think I might agree with that, too. And I really like Kyrie Elam, and I've liked him for a number of years now at Florida. I was excited when he got recruited there. I think I think, I think Kyrie Elam is going to be really good. I mean, if you put him in that pantheon of what DBU is at Florida, I he might be in the second tier of guys we've had. I, mean, I think he's I not agree a, with that, yeah. He's not a Joe Hayden. He's not guys like them. But... I just think this guy is something special and just hasn't been utilized. And I think he gets the opportunity. If he's put in the right situation to be successful, I think he will be. Yeah, I think the one thing that really holds him back outside of his lack of film, I guess, like or, or I guess just lack of carries, um, is he just has average speed to below average speed. You know what I mean? For a running back, his four five nine forty time is not something that you would – Draw up in a factory. He's not a home run hitter. He's a guy, he's a tough running back, a guy who can, you know, first hit, pop some, somebody. Again, red zone, fantastic. And these are things that we need because we have a big problem in the red zone. We have a problem getting sure. in the red zone, and then we have a problem once we're in the red zone. I would be remiss if I didn't um, talk about the the thing I like most about him, and that is his pass blocking is so advanced for a guy coming out of college. And I I am sure people who follow me on Twitter are kind of sick of me talking about this, but um, he was – so I guess it, I think it was the Lions training group, Dan Campbell's training group at the Senior Bowl, that they would pick star players for each practice to, to do, uh, I guess, end of practice reps. And Damian Pierce was selected and DeMarco Jackson, I believe, from Appalachian State, were selected for a pass rush, pass blocking um, end of practice rep. And it was probably the highlight of the day. Damian Pierce just absolutely stonewalled him, sustained, and threw him to the ground. 100% free rush at the quarterback, and he denied it. It was it was insane. The whole group of players swarmed him afterward. It was it was outstanding. I remember, I remember the text you sent me from from out there. And it just said Pierce exclamation exclamation. I'm like huh? And then I looked on Twitter and then I saw people were there. Were like whoa. So, yeah, and I, I was so that pissed. Was one of the standout highlights of, of the of the trip. Yeah, that was that was the rainy day, and it was like I said after practice. So I I forgot, and I thought that we were just done. So I had put my phone away, and I didn't get a recording of it. But I mean, there's plenty of video. There was a guy recording right behind the the play so you can see it whatever and i've retweeted it whatever it's everywhere but he is a very good pass blocker i would put him as fourth round talent the giants would be very lucky to have him he's among names like brian robinson and hassan haskins um dipping into the later rounds rashad white arizona state i really like Devonte price from fiu uh, my big thing with him is that he is 6'2 and he runs at 6'2. He's got to get lower. He has to start running lower. But there's something there. Um, into the later rounds, Abram Sif- Smith from Baylor I like. But I want to highlight someone else because he's a local kid. I think there's a chance also that he might be one of those like um, – just one of those UDFAs because he's so local. And it's the Rutgers kid, Isaiah Pacheco. 
Um, okay. He has the deficiency of having to have had to play at Rutgers, which is... Well, you're playing, you're playing in the Big Ten. You're playing against top competition. And you don't have top talent on your team. I mean, That's he's true. surrounded by one of – might have been the worst quarterback I've seen in a while. Um, you know, I was watching him throw interceptions like directly at Wisconsin defenders. Um, but that said, let's keep it on Pacheco and what he's able to do while playing on a shit roster. Uh, so ignore some stats and really start looking at traits because, again, this is a guy who I view as fifth-round talent that's probably going to be available as a UDFA or seventh-round pick. Um Four three seven forty time. He has home run speed. He's fast, and we're going to talk about Bo Melton next week, the wide receiver from Rutgers as well. Another one that was dreadfully stuck in New Jersey. Um, <laughs> Sounds like a lot of people. It sounds like a Springsteen song. <laughs> I don't know about that. He might be. I don't know in paradise. He was born. So he was born to run then. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, yeah, 5'11", 215 pounds. I know that that's usually the NFL body type, but there's more to it than just numbers. Remember, he, he's he's got a little bit of a narrow base. He's got narrow hips. He's got a narrow waist. That affects balance. You know, that is not nothing. And that comes up in blocking, and it comes up with shedding tackles. But that said, he has some pretty decent balance. He's got a pretty decent stiff arm. He's got that smaller frame, though. So he's not really likely to be doing a lot of head-on colliding or anything like that. Um, but remember, we're talking about a late round thing here. Uh, he doesn't have to be an every down back. He can be a scat back. He can be a special teamer. He can be, you know, situational runner, things like that. He can develop over time if we want to. He runs some pretty decent running back routes with no shimmy or anything like that. But I mean, just remember the speed here. And as far as his blocking goes, he does a really good job of keeping his feet underneath him really well. Really good job of squaring up. He's got um, a pretty solid initial punch. But again, remember, a smaller frame, he tends to lean into it a little too much where he can start to dip his head and a smarter, stronger defensive lineman can just throw him aside. But aside from that, that, he sustains pretty well. It's a pretty decent pass blocker. How much of that could be coached out of him? All of it. Okay. All of it. I mean, he's got to hit the weight room. But again, remember, he's always going to have narrow hips. That I mean, there's no no amount of working out will widen that. But, I know. But <laughs> um, I actually really like him. I didn't think I was going to. I, I only watched him because Nick Filato, uh, you know, said some nice things about him, and I respect his opinion, so I gave it a shot, and I came away liking him. Um, a lot of the – remember, I do think the Giants should be looking 6th, 7th round – for these guys, UDFA for these guys, but if I have them marked as UDFA, 6th, 7th round, that's where I grade their talent. Uh, so really, in those later rounds, you want to see the guys that are falling, that are graded higher, that are just kind of, you know, the low-hanging, uh, not low-hanging fruit, that's the wrong metaphor. Uh, I guess, Low-hanging fruit. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. No. Yeah. no. It, it doesn't seem right. That That's usually like negative. Um, no, low-hanging fruit's the easy stuff. Yeah, I guess so, yeah, I yeah. Think, I think it's just the wrong analogy. I think yeah. Whatever. It, whatever falls to them, you know. Um, a lot of these, these guys I have graded for the later rounds, I wouldn't expect anything at all. Um, so I'm going to put you on the spot here. And here I am. If you don't know the answer, we can just edit this out. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anybody out there who's currently on a roster that you could see being the victim of the Turk that we would be interested in? Or is that impossible to tell at this point? 
No, I, I, this year or in future this year. years? This year. I don't think we have the money. Even if like someone gets cut and it's just like for well, it's so hard to say because like I said, we don't even have money for this draft class we've been talking about for the last two months. So that's that's I mean for this year then the I you know I've been saying it. All I think the they've already done it though. I mean they did the Breda thing, they did the Antonio Williams thing. I think they've done their their free agency dip for the year in running backs. Okay, that, that's fair. Sure. Which is you know they invested they they were able to get two for uh, two million bucks. All right, so you don't have to edit that then. Perfect. Nice. Look at that. Nice. Yeah. I, have, I have my Friday night to myself. Um, Good for you. That said, next week is our final week before the draft. We've got to cover the offensive linemen and the wide receivers. That's all that's left. Wow. And then, then we, we, we start then we, doing draft stuff. Jeez, how about that? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and on draft night, I'm thinking it's going to be night one, uh, but I'm not 100% sure yet. It may be two nights, still not 100% sure, but I will be in the John Boy Media offices in Manhattan with Justin Whoa. and Bobby um, to do the draft live on their channel. So, of course, you really? guys. Yes, wow, yes. That's yeah, yeah. Um, we're ironing out those details now, um, sort of. You're doing it in person? Like you'll be there? Yes, yes. I, I will be there. All of you too? Uh, what's up? Everybody will be there? Like, I, I, mean, like, I believe so. Bobby's I think it's going to be Justin and Bobby, yeah. Wow. How about that? So it's going to be it's gonna be a shindig. When I have more details, I'll uh, share them. But, you know, things are flying around right now. I'm exhausted. <laughs> we're, we're, all, we're all catching up. You know, I did, I did the live show with them uh, Wednesday night. And... Um, you know, we all three of us were kind of like, yeah, I was hoping to have had more done by now. <laughs> but God, you know, I go on vacation and all these exciting things are happening. And you know, I, I guess I should start looking at Twitter this week because I really haven't been at all. Yeah, no, I actually I haven't really been looking at Twitter either today. I actually saw at the gym just before recording this that uh, Stefan Gilmore just signed with the Colts. Oh, like that. Um, whatever. Um, but that said, next week, offensive linemen, wide receivers, and that will be it. We can start moving on to mock draft stuff. We can start talking specifically about the draft, start talking about big board stuff. Um, and that will be the more exciting stuff that people like doing. So um, I'm sorry for those of you who are not film junkies, but uh, I like That's, This I like is junkies. film junkie season. So yeah. this is where we show tape. This is where we talk about it. and how it applies to us. So. And for, for fans of the cut-ups, the cut-ups will return once the draft picks are made. There will be cut-ups of the drafted players. And there will be more if it's someone I've already done. It won't be the same set of cut-ups. I will cut up some more stuff. Nice. All right. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Um, be sure to listen to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, Spotify. Did I miss any? Google yeah, YouTube. Play? And, and, of course, and, of course, YouTube. Jeez. Where you can see all the good stuff. All the you good stuff. See- my our face, sunburn. yeah. You can see our sunburns. You can see his our- tank top. You can <laughs> see how it's worked out today. You can see all that beard, everything. Yeah. Um, maybe all right. should just maybe should just listen on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, yeesh. Sight for sore eyes, not really. All right, guys, we'll catch you next time. Go Giants. Giants.